Hello and welcome back to the Timeline Astrology Podcast. Today I am welcoming back Kishori. Kishori has been with me before on this podcast and we talked all about the Song of Rahu, her epic poem. And we decided to go and do a whole series on Rahu. We're calling it Maps of Consciousness. And we're going to look at Rahu in each of the 12 houses of astrology, each of the 12 areas of life how we can break that down and look at this beast and try and tame the beast in, in segments. So today's podcast is all about Rahu in the first house, the first house of self, and what that might mean from an astrological point of view and from Kishori's unique perspective and opening our minds as astrologers or those interested in the astrology point of view and giving us a different perspective really on Rahu, which you might not have heard of before. Let's jump straight in, shall we? We have yeah. thought about approaching this with sort of a framework mm. of Rahu and, you know, me with my astrologer's hat on, how do I approach this? And the best way I could think of was to look at each house of the Zodiac. Mm. And the house is basically just an area of our life where we experience something, whatever it might be. So the yeah. first house, we can start there with it, Rahu. It's, it's jolly useful to have some kind of framework because as we've seen before, Rahu is huge and it's a huge energy mm. when you take the lid off and mm. so some sort of way of looking at the whole animal <laughs> yeah yeah it's like dissecting the animal yeah yeah yes <laughs> so the actually but the first what's interesting though is that the first house of the zodiac is in a way dissecting the animal maybe taking its head off and looking at the head and the intelligence. Yes. But the first house is also the beginning of the whole chart. So it kind of shows the overall person anyway. So when Rahu is in the first house, either by transit or in the birth chart, it does often show the overall kind of personality is kind of mm. infused with Rahu. So maybe mm. we can talk about that. Yeah. And does it even mean to say that someone's personality or character is infused with Rahu? Uh, absolutely. Well, as I've said before, there is only one consciousness. Uh, however, it has multiple, almost infinite, I don't know whether infinite, uh, filters, layers. So, so you, you, you put on a, a, a pink or a red filter or a blue. And, and so looking at somebody who has Rao in the first house, obviously they have many other filters and it's all modified by all the other uh, planetary deities or planetary filters, if you like. So, so when we talk about one aspect, um, one filter, obviously it's going to be very broad brush and you with your uh, skill, when you talk to an individual, are going to take into account all the multiple filters. I sometimes think it's like a, uh, you're on a stage and there's all the spotlights and they're all pink and blue and green and you know different, and they give a different flavor or or a meal where you've got little flavor of this spice or that. So, so yeah, we, we will address, as you say, the, in this first house. Uh, and it can look um, as if it is a very self-absorbed uh, state, as, as you said at the beginning. But it's also got, it's also the truth as well behind that. Mm. The absolute truth is, is the way I see Rahu is a doorway to God, to the divine don't like to use the word God very much, but the absolute state. Mm. Anyway, I'm, I'm really excited to be with you again and to see what, what magic we can conjure up. 
to enable our minds to be uh, at peace with it all and to get the best, to experience the best of Rahu, like the lid being taken off of, an, of a capital mm -hmm. oil or a champagne bottle or <laughs> whatever you call it. <laughs> That sounds great. That's a, a great analogy as well of like how we're all just a, like a, like a kaleidoscope of colors. Yes. You know when we're looking at ourselves, but yes. Rahu, let's face it, can distort. Can because I, as you always say, um, you know, you say it's either impossible or it's easy. It's just never like in between. It's like extreme, right, Rahu? So sometimes uh, it could it could be like an extreme block that somebody has about seeing themselves, their true selves, right? And then all of a sudden it could blow wide open it, absolutely it can it just like it's like ripping off the veils or the the you know making a hole in the dam and and bingo you know it all spills out but but it's it's the distortion my sense is as the as the as as, as that lid is taken off is the mixture of the um turbulence as something that has been uh, held back or has been uh, waiting, if you like, not, but it, you, you, can't, you can't say it's waiting, it's like that. And when the period or the filter of Rahu begins to get intense, and in some people it gets very intense, then it can be very turbulent. And the more we hold on, the more we attempt to push that lid back or that finger back in the dam, uh, the, 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 the the, the more difficulty we have in allowing what has been suppressed, repressed, including the, the precious unknown, because I don't see it's all, it's not all bad, what emerges, it's, it's the unknown, not just, not just the suppressed, the repressed, the shadow, but there's so much comes out. Mm. And when we, when we open the heart, when we, when we rest in the heart, when we address anything, when we are forced to address something challenging in our life, if we address it from the heart field and just say, okay, uh, this is more than I can manage, and we surrender to being in the heart field, it will resolve it. It will bring the state that you need, you require, in which to address these whatever issues may be facing you. And it can then be, <clears throat> it can then be quite beautiful is it possible at all to reach that state without having initially had that block? Because I'm just thinking here of how so many times in my own life and obviously with clients charts with astrology, mm -hmm. just you're looking at the block always because they're coming with the block. Exactly. Exactly. This is absolutely, you hit the nail on the head. When we practice, maybe well in advance of a, of a, of a challenge or a wrong experience, Resting in the heart field. And resting in the heart field is simply bringing your attention to that frequency. And it can be, that, that's really all that I play with. Well, obviously, it looks like more when it comes out because it's like the Tower of Babel. But when you go to the heart field, there's a sense of um, automatic order or automatic release, an automatic surrender to... Uh, the self-organizing principle that when we go up in our head and contract, it's not available. Hey, you remember I spoke to you once before about Incy Wincy Spider. I love fairy tales because yeah, yeah. 
when you are moving up, when Insuincy Spider is moving up the rainpipe, he's expanding, opening, relaxing, sun is there, etc. Because of his state that he has chosen, right? That of expansion. When he the, the rain drop might come and he goes down the rain pipe, there's falling into a contracted state. And you know, I mean, I see it's a bit like birth pangs. If we we tighten we tighten up in the process of the of the of those um, pulsations, rather than calling them contractions, the pulsations of birth, and we surrender to that, then it can become ecstatic. Many women have exp expressed that that birth, instead of being painful or violent, can be really orgasmic. Now. When you, it, it takes some practice, and I'm not saying I'm a master at it, but I have experienced that, and I've experienced the circumstances, which is all, anything around you in your life, your, your, your immediate friends' circumstances, the world circumstances, even, which we're going through at the moment. And um, when, when we are in the heart field, when we bring our attention to root in there, there is a an enormous relaxation. And it's really helpful to begin to practice. Anyone listening, practice it now. Hand on heart and listen. And just feel, feel and listen. And then you kind of, I sometimes hear, uh, used to hear, or still hear, the other part of me. There's the part of me which is, let's say, ordinary Jeanette in her mind. And, and then there's Jeanette or we call her Kishori, in the heart field, dancing and singing and free, opening to the more. And the more has to always be um, something more beautiful, more, even though it may look when we're clearing out the basement of an old house that we're restoring perhaps, which we are all engaged in, restoring these old houses, these these bodies <laughs> and even when they let's say there's damp rot dry rot worse and we open to that and we begin we can then receive information knowledge love if you like the sensation of being supported cared for which the little creature requires the little creature always requires and in whatever state you can open to that. So, you know, it's, it's incy wincy spider. It's opening and closing, and it's being available to them all. And seeing that fear, for example, which Rahu um, is the, he brings a lot of that, or he seems to, and that fear is perceived to be a, a sensation in the body. The, the, when you really are practiced, and you will know this very well, when you are practiced at, at going to the heart with your attention, resting in the heart field, you know that answers or, re, or res, resolutions, if you like, not even answers, resolutions can happen just like that. So it makes sense to be ready to take the lid of the champagne off, champagne bottle, it, takes, it makes sense to be ready with a container if you take the lid off the oil well, if you take the cap off the oil well, or any other situation. 
So when you want to confront, when you, you know you're in a state that you have to confront someone or something and deal with it, and because it feels scary, we don't deal with it. We procrastinate and the, the, the rubbish mounds up, the dry rot, the, the, the damp rot, and it's worse. However, if you practice on a regular basis, rooting your mind in the heart field, letting go, at, at, at lots of moments, tiny moments, joyful moments, and practice it, you have uh, the neural pathways are used to it. You train them that the moment you 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 have a you have a I don't know you have the possibility of an accident or a, a big meltdown with someone or you prepare and how do you prepare? Not by making all your notes and lists and things, not your to-do list, although you might do that as well. <clears throat> but you prepare. Always real preparation is practicing the state of being in union, in yoga, with your absolute self, with your, the self that takes care of everything, the self which sorts, the self that is keeping the planets going around the sun, the self which is, you know, mm. and we can, because we are a microcosm of that. It makes me um, wonder, it always feels like like again i guess this extreme of contraction and like the 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 way you describe it as a pulsation more so because in my own life as well i feel like i've managed it so well that it's almost become like this pulsation all the time where it's never too extreme con like contraction but therefore i don't know if it's then never then the opposite like release of the cork the cork in the champagne bottle it never kind of feels that extreme do you think there's benefit to kind of being extremely contracted and then that release or is it the same it, it's 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 beyond the possibility of judgment you know <clears throat> everyone has a different flavor so there may be people who are able to accept that gentle ripples but i bet you in your life you will have had moments where oh Oh, I have no many, many, but it just seems like I'm with, you know, my awareness of it and being practiced, I guess. In other words, I don't feel like I've gone mad. And if I didn't have those practices, I, f I feel like I could have easily gone mad in my life, you know, crazy with everything that's happened. It's possible. Yes, it's true. So it's kind of like, that's, isn't that the, the danger though, that because of the extreme nature of it, that it could literally block off all of life and self and forevermore, or it could completely release it, like completely. Whereas sometimes I feel like I'm in this modern or in this kind of like middle state of like these pulsations that are manageable, but in it's the, never like huge, it's never huge releases. In, in the Song of Rahu, um, which we've spoken about before, the, uh, the epic poem that was given to me, it says, do not scurry to one pole, my children, as if afraid of the dark. Sit rather in the middle of the house. Understand and love the mystery of my dark secret ways. So you are sitting, practicing, in the, being in the middle of the house, which is beautiful. You don't have to go to the, 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 the chaotic tsunami storms. And, and, and if you do, if they do rise, because each of us is, is processing uh, well, whatever it is we've inherited 
in these bodies that hasn't yet been digested from our ancestors or whatever state that's in the unconscious. So, so sitting in the middle of the house enables you to, to, to be in that part of the ocean of samskara that you that is simple to navigate. If you don't have some movement, then you, you, you sit in the shallows forever. Some movement, some pressure, some what people might call stress, some little, I mean, you have to put some, some effort, but it doesn't have to be a, a massive operation. You see? Mm. So all I'm saying is that having a practice of some kind that pleases you. It doesn't have to be that strict. And you can also find ways of modifying that practice now and again. So it's so the day when there's real pressure, lots to do, you might do five minutes. You might spend five minutes or two minutes or even one minute reminding yourself of that, that state of, of equanimity, of, of equilibrium. What we need is equilibrium. Mm. We are constantly in, a, in that little boat on this ocean of, of uh, experience. So I feel sometimes that I deliberately, like I'm, I'm consciously making the decision to, um, I think I was telling you this before, like to procrastinate just so that I will have to rush last minute to give myself that kind of pressure and, yes. and stress to then to be released from it. You know what I mean? I know, I understand. I mean, it really is this, like, just like building to an orgasm. Mm. You don't just go, oh, quick, finish, done. It's mm. like playing with it tantrically and then also knowing the way to relax in the midst of pressure. Mm. So this brings me to think then about going back to this notion of having Rahu in the first house in astrology, which basically yes. someone, somebody could be described as more like a Rahu type of person, whatever that means, right? Because it's very many shades, right? Obviously, right? But like I've seen all the very many shades of this, and it does also seem that the, the person themselves, because this is how it's said astrologically, that when Rahu rises in the chart, that the person takes on so many different roles in life. They wear so many different hats that they almost get a sense of loss of that's the contraction. Like they don't really know themselves, quote unquote, selves, right? Mm. But like you're talking about the true self beyond all of that, which they have access to, but it's maybe that they get so wrapped up in all the little selves. It's true. So, so looking at it as, um, as a, well, you can look at it as a merry-go-round. You sit in that space in the middle and then you have all of your wild horses around you and all or tame horses or whatever and you choose but you live them however wild they might seem from that place of being sovereign being the silent witness or owner uh, of your house the heart is the only owner mm. the heart field it's the it's the you know and then you don't identify with one tiny little uh, thing, like a cut finger or a lost key or, you know, even an accident, but also living from that 
silence center, that stillness, the center, the eye of the storm, living from there enables you to do what you're saying. You, you get gentle waves instead of violent ones. And when the violent ones comes, you can be like Christ in the, in the storm, calm, and you have the capacity to be sovereign. Like to your point about like the contractions and, you know, it, it can be like you can be in the center of the house and be more like pulsation that, you know, speaking for too long about these things is like this dance between it. Like, it seems like when I listen to you, I'm constantly like contracting and releasing, contracting and releasing. And that itself, it's like you're giving birth. It's like it's tiring, you know, so it's like you can yes. only take so much of that kind of contraction and yes. release. And even though it's it's amazing. Um, it's like you say, it's like you need it, it's just in bite-sized pieces. Um, I'm thinking in terms of Rahu, this is the other thing when I think astrologically, what all of the labels that it's given, like one label it's certainly not given is moderate. Like it's it's like excess. So if yeah. it was very prominent in somebody, like there tend to be, they tend to ask a lot of themselves. They, they, they ask a lot of life and expect a lot of life. Um, and one of the other things is on the tail end of that, what seems to happen a lot when I see it in charts anyway, that somebody could feel like you got imposter syndrome where they, they always feel inadequate, like they're not enough. Exactly. So, so we have to be aware that what we are is pure consciousness. Or we have to, even, even if it's a tiny little spark, I talk about the heart star in here and connecting to that point of light, in the heart frequency that you can train yourself to rest in. And so if we do that, then we can <clears throat> we, we, we can we can negotiate, if you like. I once negotiated with one beautiful client, but she she had so much emotion repressed and controlled, and that she wouldn't want to cry in front of anybody or anybody to see any of it. So I said, look, I will show you how, and you will make a bargain with your being that you will allow it periodically, a little bit at a time, every day, and, and you will not cry in public in, until that, that doesn't matter to you anymore. You understand? So, and that worked for, for some years for her. And then she came to a point of being uh, a master you know, of, a, <laughs> of the whole thing of therapy, you know. Mm. And she was very, very uh, held. Mm. So it's a question of, of becoming familiar of the interaction of your, 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 let's call it the unmodified self. And, and your basic um, your basic personality. I'm just remembering a little incident with my my son who has um, Mars ascendant. I'm thinking of Hanuman, and it's very powerful. It's very strong, right? Mm -hmm. So when we, we, I used to live in a house with a gas um, a gas a gas poker for the wood burner, and he changed it. He's only a teenager then. He wasn't taking care. And there's a lot of energy, and you know, in adolescence as well. But <laughs> and the whole thing exploded in my face with 
with, and I burnt off my eyelashes and could have, could have blinded me, mm. right? <clears throat> so, but, but as he became mature, he is awesome. And the real, the real beautiful qualities of, of Mars, you know, that Hanuman devotion evolved in him beautifully. That takes time, it takes dedication, it takes lots of little surrenders, lots of little investigations. And everyone, especially listeners who are playing with maps of consciousness, like astrology or other things, they're aware. And the thing that goes, is very difficult, is to sit in, in judgment, in contraction, in, in uh, disregard of the little, the little creature and judge. Because you are also always the all-loving, the all-wise, the all, that you, you, you switch on a lot more when you're dealing with a client or when you're addressing uh, a child or, or whatever. There are situations we all know that dichotomy. Mm. So but that's what things like the maps of consciousness that, that you know so well, um, that everybody listening must know, uh, are so useful for, because you have to find the way to set up that you have access to your wisdom, to your silence, to your peace at any time. It's always like, it's almost like a, a child. I see sometimes a picture of a child in the garden, a baby, little one, encountering a snail for the first time. I'm looking back at its mum in the kitchen window, going, oh, in horror, because doesn't know what this is, this creature. <laughs> Runs for home. So we have to find a way of running for home, which would be really wonderful to practice in the in current turbulent times. Mm. Be able to let your mind run for home rather than explode into terror, which is totally possible. So do not scurry to one pole, my children, as if afraid of the dark. The dark being, you know, a doorway to Rahu, being Rahu. Sit rather in the middle of the house, but you've got to find that, what that space, what does it mean in the middle of the house? What does it mean being at home in your body, in your mind, in your heart? What does it mean? And it's not what it means, because if you know what it means, you're in your head still. You have to know what it feels like, those waves of, oh. As you, as you know, when you've put the last little uh, dot on your, on your piece of writing that you had to do, and you've left on the last minute, and it's, 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 it's two minutes to your presentation. <laughs> and that feeling of, oh, mm. the relief. And it, it's, it's a game. And we self-drain. It's a game. And I also feel like, is it not like, well, I don't know, you can tell me, is it easier to remain in the middle of the house when it's not so turbulent outside and you can be practiced in that? Because oftentimes I feel like in my life I've, um, you know, because I've, I've done all the, the yoga meditation retreats mm -hmm, practices mm -hmm. over years and years and years, but I would also then always leave them and that environment and go back into the real world, quote unquote, and then just be lost in chaos again and not have any kind of, I obviously there was a culminative kind of effect of that practice over many years. But sometimes I feel like until there was a point in my life and it just so happened to be Rahu Ketu cycle, by the way, yeah. the opposite to Rahu, where I just kind of thought, 
okay, I just have to be okay and still in this chaos. That's so, absolutely right. What's coming to mind? Do you remember? There's a story, a little Vedic story. <laughs> this this yogi had been meditating for I don't know how many years in a in a cave up in the Himalaya. And one day he woke up and he said, <clears throat> "I'm done. That's it." And he goes down the mountain to the village, and he meets a woman, probably a, a prostitute, uh, 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 on the on the well, and he, and he goes, <gasps> because he's not had the chance to go in and out, the dipping and dyeing process. When you're dyeing cloth and you're doing it the old-fashioned way, you dip it, you dry it, you dip it, you take it out, you dry it, you go in and out. You have to get to the point where you are in the midst of circumstances, you are able to be your full spectrum self in the center, in your silence, and functioning as one of the horses on the roundabout going up and down as well. So you can be in any part of your, your full spectrum life. In fact, we, we do really um, move through all the parts, as Shakespeare says, from one man in his time place, many parts. We are all supposed to play, or intended, not supposed, we all intend as beings to be comfortable in any, in any aspect, in any part, from, from being at home with our children, to out giving a public performance, to, to, I don't know, climbing a mountain, whatever it is, or some, some way of expressing each of the different ways of engaging with this world. And being a householder in the Vedic teaching is, is kind of less than being a, a, a great guru. But some of the greatest astro astrologer gurus have been both. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Like, I mean, I, I, I actually can pinpoint it in my own life to one specific event where I felt like I had reached the sort of center. And it was s sitting with this lady who was in absolute turmoil and mm. control, like crying uncontrollably. And I, in that moment, for some reason, was just sent into this stillness of myself. And I previously to that probably would have thought, okay, that's actually not a good state to be in. If somebody's crying in front of you, you want to like cry with them and you'll be there with them. But at that moment, I realized actually that I was actually more fully with her by being in that stillness. Absolutely. Perfect. See, you, you, you and so does everybody else already know it. And one of the things which I suppose I, 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 I do or happens is that I... I like Osho was a finger pointing at the moon. I say, yeah, that's exactly right. And by being in that state, what you did with that woman is draw her, even only a tiny little speck, into her own, her own simplicity, the ease, the place with it's easy. It is not possible to, to shift state from a distraught crying unless you find neutral. It's not possible to shift gears in an old gear car without going through neutral. So it's either simple, you go to neutral in a car, easy to change gear, not possible. You know what's like when your clutch goes? Well, I have an automatic now, but <laughs> it's impossible. And you kind of struggle limping home with the car because you can't change gear. 
And that's what it's like with us. So we, one of the, the, uh, the reasons for practice, whichever practice you choose that you love, and it must be something you love and not something you're doing out of duty. You know, not that, that harsh discipline. It's got to be discipled to the heart. It's a love affair. And, and when that is really clear, you gradually slip into the state where you can, you, you, you can access it at, at will, but you become it. You recognize, you realize, and you, it's so lovely to be in love in your, in your true state but you don't ever want to leave it, but you don't have to. You can still play all the parts from that place. So cultivating your true identity is the, through self-inquiry in whatever way you choose, whichever tool you used to inquire, in the end, it's only the heart, and it shows you it all, with or without your map, you know. Mm. You know? I'm, I... I'm I'm wondering should I bring up another um, topic? Yeah. It's not another topic. It's the same topic, but um, it's this notion that you might have heard of this sense of we're on the, we're in the dawn of the age of Aquarius. Yes, all of that, right? But in astrology, um, Rahu rules Aquarius, which is interesting because I've heard you speak before about how we're at the dawn of a new era, or where I don't know how you would put it, but like from an astrological point of view, this sense of dawning of Aquarius is this sense of dealing with all this dichotomy it's like it's so paradoxical aquarius the most unusual sign of the zodiac uh, for obvious reasons because of rahu right and it's there's always this and that so it's, it, on the one hand it's all about individuality and freedom but then on the other hand it's all about community and equality right so it's all these kind of this and that with aquarius do you think that do you sense that we're heading into that kind of era like people are waking up more and more like people say my my sense is that the word choice is is very is really really uh, fundamental here because all of the options are being presented or bundles of you know just all over the place and you can choose where to explore it all from and then the choices become choiceless it becomes obvious what you in union your mind in union with your heart wants like shall i i'm in the middle at the moment am i looking to settle and buy a new little house in england or am i off to india to live my son's farm you know and and they are they are all expressions of different states within me it means that the freedom or the desire for freedom to be an individual to have no restraints at all and the desire to be settled and be in harmony, uh, to live in harmony with, with, with beings, with family, with community. They, they are like, mm, you know, they are the, the, the integration of these apparently opposite states. I always say that living in community has to enable more freedom, not less. So we have to, we have to look at the pairs of opposites or the, the disparate choices we seem to have and find the place within, because as above, so below, as within, so without. <clears throat> when you reach that place of being able to recognize that I can go to the heart in my attention and find the, the bigger picture where integration is, is natural and 
the yogic flowers and fruit naturally blossom from that place. So there's no struggle. So it's effortless, choiceless, or rather the choice for that, for the, for that balance and that harmony has already been made. If you keep going back to that place, your mind will settle and the whole situation will resolve. Mm. It has to, because that's what we're here for. Mm. I keep, I guess it's the kind of the impish part of me that keeps coming up with, but this, but that, you know. Oh, that's what I, love, I love those yes, but it's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I love in my them. head anyway I don't always voice them all because sometimes actually the, the, the yes buts are kind of like a bit inappropriate in the moment but one of the big buts <laughs> is like this whole sense of Rahu being the complete and utter narcissist you know it's like completely contracted state where it's like only about me 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 and there's no connection to anything or anyone else and you know that's how it's described in astrology like it's narcissistic it's self-absorbed and I know on the other hand that that's not true because it's actually that is actually pointing to a disconnect. So they're, they're looking for some connection, but there's kind of like, they're like, again, it feels like a very contracted state. Yes. It's, it's the error of the mind. I wish I knew what that was in Sanskrit. I remember Andrew telling oh, you once. I know, I know what you, you find, I, it, you find that the prep, whatever it is. Prab the heart. Is it prab? Uh, no. Yeah, something with prab, prab. Yeah. But anyway, you, you find it for me. I'll look, it, I'll look it up. Look it up and tell me. I've been looking for it for years. Anyway, because I've forgotten. Anyway, no, it's it's only that that error. Oh, do you know what? It's gone. What were we asking? <laughs> talking about like maybe that that sense of being like completely enveloped in yourself. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Okay. So the truth is, there is one consciousness. Uh -huh. Let's see. And all the little filters of the various expressions like like the lenses of a fly's eye, for example. And so ultimately, the absolute truth is there is only one. So there is only me. There's only what I see, what I choose to see, and, and how I choose to see it through my lens. Mm -hmm. So the error is in, in judging. Because when you actually um, make your choices to see only the one, only only the, the little bit of blue sky, if you like. It does sound so, uh, so simplistic, but when you choose to see in every other, that little heart star, uh, the radiance of who they are, what happens is the whole thing reconfigures. And you can play that game by, I remember there's a game I used to teach so some of my clients a bit oh, years ago, just walk around the supermarket Everybody's all in, you know, self-absorbed. And now you see on the other side a child crying. You stop, go to your heart. You can send out your little ET finger, Ray. And the child will stop crying and look at you. And you can play a game of giving them a hug or a look or a sweet or whatever it is you want. And you, you will, nine times out of 10, when you practice that, that child will stop. And it's a little way of, of experimenting but that's only one little game there are many little games and i remember using a practice of like if i was ever sitting in a waiting room around yeah. people i would just do this kind of visualization where i would be sending out this white light yeah and you'd actually see people turn around almost like just look at you exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what i'm talking about so so if someone is totally self appears to be totally self-absorbed 
then it's a state that they are going through. And if they are shown or somehow find the heart frequency that is actually looking through that lens, then they see themselves everywhere. Was it Rumi said, one look from you and I see you in all things, or maybe it was Kabir, I don't know. One look from you and I see you in all things looking back at me, those eyes in which all things live and burn. So resting, finding your true identity is a game we can play very well in a, in a householder, in a, in a modern world. But just and probably more for these years now, as you're talking about Aquarius, rather than sitting in a cave, it's, we've, we've gone beyond that time. Right, because like, look, here we are speaking on mm. online, like like on the computer, and just by you bringing this, just by you voicing this, I'm in mm. more of that. I just feel like I'm settling into that state, and I'm open. Yes, yes, it's pure Advaita Vedanta, absolutely, <laughs> right in the middle of playing the game in this playground. If you see the, if you call the world a playground, our garden that we're gardening, or our playground. It's a playground, it's a fairground, you know, Vanity Fair. Mm. It, it's all how you choose to see and feel it. And so some little practice, when you are not at the mercy of circumstances and spinning all over the place, when you are able to practice, and then from that state, take it into the world, practice. A sitting in a, in a waiting room is an ideal place to practice. Mm. I would say driving your car if it didn't sound as if I was telling people not to keep their eyes on the road. So I won't say mm. that. But yes, traffic lights or there's, there's moments when you are made to physically still the body. Mm. Those five minutes before you fall asleep or or an hour if you're... If you're um, <laughs> not able to sleep, <laughs> you suffer from insomnia, those are a perfect moments to, to practice the simplicity, little breathing, a little bit of uh, having compassion on your, on your body self, the, the self that doesn't know, the little bits of you that don't remember, the little bits where the mind does slip into the old paradigm, the old way, or the way, the habitual way. Mm -hmm. Because in in a especially in a a period like Rahu, but all the time things will surface, memories, um, um, experiences of of being um, terrified, experiences of being powerless. We are here to bring ourselves into complete expression through that through all the states of bringing calm to the storm and living as full spectrum embodiment. This is, this is the game now. These bodies, these, these little lives that we've carved out so far are, are, are waiting for the, the great um, architecture, engineer, whatever you call it, the, the, that, that, that one in form, or in, in form is also mind and intention and all of that, not just body, it, to, to, to create order, beauty, love, and fulfill the heart desire. We have so many desires. Mostly we'll think, oh, that's just, that's unimportant. 
So strict discipline will say, no, never eat ice cream. Don't do anything like that. Don't, you know, don't just be a monk. Or oh, be a we, we have to get into that next time we talk, because next time we're going to talk about Rahu in the second house. Yeah. Right, and all about food. I, I, do you know what? I was going to write to you about that mm. because food or not just food, but nourishment. Nourishment and time. sustenance and yeah. And yes. what's sustaining yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can touch on it now if you want to. We don't have to oh, wait. Oh yeah, I'd love to. But then we're going to go down a whole other rabbit hole with that. And I just want to maybe, because I'm conscious of time now and we're going to have to. I want to do that. Let's do that next time. Yeah, let's do it next well, time. Authentic nourishment is one of my favorite themes playing with, 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 turning up and down the, 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 the dimmer switch, if you like, on food. What is food? How do we engage? I, I really want to do that. So I really want that as well, because that would personally have benefit from that a lot as well, because yeah. I have Rahu in the second house in my birth chart. So I have right. Sorry, I was gonna ask you. Yeah. Like when I was younger, I would have such like yes. an atrocious diet. Like I wouldn't eat anything for my parents. I would just eat sweets, like save up all my money and buy sweets. And then I wouldn't eat anything, no dinner or anything. It was like atrocious and now i've swung the other opposite way like a complete health freak but anyway one i want to ask one more thing before we leave it um because i was talking about aquarius do you think that it's therefore going to become more extreme like life is it seems becoming more extreme in both ways so yeah. it's like technology everything is just ramping everything up and it's like everyone's more lost in many ways but then at the same time there's many people being found or finding themselves would you yes. say that's the case? Yes, yes. But but ultimately, of course, everyone, every being, and everyone here is potentially a being and not, not a robot, and may has, has the power of choosing. And it may look like everyone's like becoming more robotic and or like lemmings, but not everyone, but some people. But it's 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 ultimately a state. And honestly, the best thing. Anyone could do is train yourself to find that 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 point from which you can observe what's happening and make your choice. But yes, polarization is is what's happening. You remember Jung spoke a lot about. I I, I love you love Jung. He was one of my early inner mentors, uh, still around now. But he's talking about the union of opposites, and we know in in alchemy as well. It's the union of the the, the opposites produces a huge power. It will cause turbulence and all sorts of other things. And the way that you manage it is simply by moving your attention to a different frequency, the, a vaster frequency. But yes, there is a lot of polarization going on. I, I saw years ago that it would be like the whole earth and there was some new age talk of polarization, creating of of two earths. I remember looking at that. When I was first running a, a center, people would come and bring me, it was the time when they, I don't know, they were talking about spaceships and Sanandra in the sky and uh, all sorts of stuff, the explosion of 11-11 and all of that. Anyway, <clears throat> so so they would come in and ask me and I would I would just be able to see that there was always a spark of truth in every situation. I just had to put my attention on it and train people to put their attention on that. And that union of opposites, I can remember when I was young, um, I was brought up Catholic, I think I told you, and I wanted to, two things. I wanted, I really wanted to go into a convent because 
that was with Jesus, was it? You know, family life was difficult. But I also had this raging desire to explore boys and, and, and have lovers. And so I would swing between, oh, no, I'm going to a convent. Oh, I'm getting. <laughs> it came to the, the final resolution of that. I was, oh, they're the same thing. They're exactly the same thing, same frequency. And I, I, I really integrated that big time. And, you know, and the, that ecstatic uh, experience you have, the, 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 the longing for that union, is there. Uh, you, you can read St. John of the Cross, one of the mystics, you know, uh, that, uh, which I won't go into now, otherwise we'll use up all the time. But yeah, it is polarizing, but it's not wrong. But it's not wrong. That's it's the not wrong. Nothing's wrong. It's yeah. all it's all on track. And the pulsations can be great dynamic waves in this ocean, mm. you know? or it can be little trickles. And, and who is to say which is more ecstatic? We don't. We, it, everybody has a, their own lens through which they experience this this playground, what they want to play with. When we learn to totally follow our heart, all desires are satisfied. They have to be satisfied. I remember once hearing from within, oh, many years ago, don't be concerned. All desires are an energy gone out from source, which has to return to source for completion. So this desire or something much better will always be satisfied, has to be in the general you know, in the order of, 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 of what is reality, has to be. So, that, so is, that, is, that is Rahu in a nutshell, really, because like that is it. It's like the desire for fulfillment and the dissatisfaction when it's just purely going out and not returning to source. And, you know, it's like that kind of divine dissatisfaction almost driving you there. You can see it in, in, in Rahu Ketu in that axis. Mm. You know, you've got the absolute dynamic... Like, like the snake eating its own tail. Yes, well, the Eurobarus is yes. the beginning. But we can't stay with this, in that state. If you do stay in that, say, in that Euroboric state, to say, a child at the mother's breast, mm. totally at peace, mother that's completely loving and, you know, the, the ideal divine mother. If you stay like that, that child would never grow. In the Rahu, Song of Rahu, which I, is being published very soon. It, it talks about, and Rahu is a poisonous snake feeding at the breast of the mother. She nourishes and treasures him. The changeling child, the malformed, uh, the experience of difference. She nourishes and treasures him. I mean, that's pretty radical. Mm. And that, those words came to me and I went, what? <laughs> But I wrote it and every, faithfully, mm. and then I meditated and explored it. Rahu is a poisonous snake feeding at the breast of the mother who nourishes and, and treasures him, her changeling child. It doesn't say the, it says her changeling child. Mm. She made him. Mm. That, that, I think, maybe we could leave it there because that I want to get into next time when we talk about Rahu in a second and this need yes. to devour. That's it, that lovely, because that word nourish is in yeah. that sentence I just quoted. Yeah, I, that, that's a good cue for the next one. And yes. I think it would be a great uh, topic to pick up next time with Rahu and that 
devouring nature. You know, I am enjoying this these chats. It's fun, Likewise. isn't it? Yeah, really fun. It's fun. And for me, actually, more what I'm getting out of it more than anything is this just that everything is okay, you know, and that even in a contracted state and even just wait when you use words like pulsations, it just even the word itself eases it, you know? Yes. Because contraction is only half of it. Mm. When you talk about pulsation, it's like a heartbeat. Mm. And we are the heartbeat, you know? Mm. And, and a pulsation. You, they can be strong, or not, but but contraction is only half of the story. Mm. Yeah, and see, this is the thing with astrology, we're missing half of the story. You're telling the other half, and it's like, I haven't heard this until now. You know, I've been studying for so long, but it's like we only hear of the contracted label of Rahu. Yes. This is like, and this is not just me. In astrology community, you're not going to hear what you're talking about. And it's just so needed right now because of this contracted state we're all in when you think about it as a globe with this what's going on right we're just so focused on the contracted state but you are not just the contraction so mm. we 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 may temporarily be part of the contraction is this uh, one teacher years ago showed me this that if you really tighten up your fist mm. it can be painful right? but then you let go where is it gone mm. you know mm. It's this union of the opposites. I tell you, I, I really feel this is going to be really um, extraordinarily helpful exploring in this way. I love, I love it because when somebody who has some real desire and knowledge uh, exchanges a conversation with me, more comes out in expression. I know it, and I'm in the process of embodying ever more what I know. But mm. uh, when I am able to speak it, the vibration, the frequency, it's bliss because in the speaking, and this is really important for everybody listening now because it's helpful. When you speak truth, your ears, your neural pathways, the whole of you is sitting listening. Oh, wow. Like a, like a little child that's got big ears listening. And when you speak it and know at the same time that you are speaking truth, it is a great gift. It's a pleasure. So the old idea of affirmations, dry affirmations, that you sit and you think, oh, they're not doing anything. You have to get to the state of inner silence. And you don't have to even experience it. You can intend it. You put your hand on your heart. Maybe take a breath, your feet on the ground. There's more to it than just that. And you can expand it by connecting to the stars and the center of the earth but just your hand on your on your heart and declare i choose my true sovereignty i choose whatever it is i choose to always allow my mind to reach in the heart whatever whatever uh, affirmations but you have to fill them full of juice and affirmations without juice are really a bit well Mind says, no, you're not. No, you're not. Mm. <laughs> so you have to find the way of allowing the, the juice of the heart frequency and embodying that by placing your hand on your heart. Just experiment. Mm. We'll talk more about it, won't we, Gary, if, over the... Over yeah, the absolutely. Yeah, and I am, since we've started speaking, I, I, mm. I you know, and since we've met, like, you know, I, I've been mm. doing that more and more. And mm. it's just been so helpful to me personally. You know, 
And yeah. to know that's always there, even if it's like, and I know myself, I have this impish quality that I want to play with it. I want to go away from it for a while. I want to, I want to experience the contraction because it's safer to go further away from the home when you know it's there waiting for you. Do you, do you know what's come into my mind? Once many years ago, I said, what on earth am I doing here to my being? I said, you're bungee jumping. <laughs> and that's what we're all doing because we are all that little song of the divine child, so to speak. I mean, words don't express it if you only listen, but if you feel them as well, they carry, they carry the frequency and they, they fill you. So that you are the little song that the divine child is singing to herself, himself, always at home in the heart, never able to leave because it's all art and expression through various filters. If you've got black glasses on or grey, they're just going to look foggy. If you've got pink on, it's going to be, oh, a bit unbalanced because you only see, you know. So you have to have clear glasses to see that it really is fairyland at your choice. It can be really your choice. This world, which is a playground, a pleasure, a pleasure theatre, could absolutely be that way if we if we educated everybody from when they're little. The children know, but they they know innately mm. everything, our bodies, the world, circumstances. And then and, and, and we are, I sense, at a tipping point, a lot of people are gathering and they're awakening. But to anchor in this, this is the icing on the cake, so to speak, you know, to know to really intend to know I am sovereign of my life. I am the source, I am the experiencer, I am the enjoyer of the fruit that the, 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 the wild horses didn't plant, that I am planting myself now. Just by how you choose to see and feel and know it and embody it. That takes a little practice though, because it's very distracting. The 10,000 things as Lao Tzu calls it, <laughs> <laughs> or the Tower of Babel. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, um, uh, as always, talk anymore. As always, Kishori, it's been yes. an absolute pleasure. And we'll, we'll do this again next time, Rahu in the second house. All right, then. So join us next time for Rahu in the second house. And until then, you can always check out Kishori online. Her website is called Magic Makeover. Dot com. That's magic with a K hyphen makeover.com. And my own website here is timelineastrology.com. And if you'd like, you can go a bit deeper with the astrology with this and become a patron of Timeline Astrology and get daily reports as well as monthly forecasts and video horoscopes each month. So if you want to know how all of these transits of all the planets as well as Rahu are playing out in your life, uh, join me on TimelineAstrology.com. Okay, thank you so much for listening and uh, I look forward to Rahu in a second. Until next time.